What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's Pixar in Review. I know it's been a while, a whole month since we were here talking about Luca, but now we are back and we're going to be doing three Pixar movies in a row to make up for lost time. I'm very excited about that uh, because, of course, this is Pixar in Review. Each and every week, Kind of Funny likes to rank and review different movie franchises with yours truly, Tim Geddes, alongside Andy Cortez. Hello, everyone. Kevin Coelho. Yo, my audio coming in all right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, oh, a little guy keeps slipping around. <laughs> oh, oh hey. there he goes. Nick Scarpino. Before, as, as you were introing, Kevin adjusted one of his lights, but for some reason it was stuck, and he looked like he was about to snap that thing off. Like, it, that light was either going to bend to his will or die, and I respect that for a Pixar interview. That's the kind of energy we're bringing today. Exactly, exactly. Maybe maybe Kevin's feeling a little angry today. Maybe we're all feeling a little something, you know what I mean? We'll have to wait and find out. I'm not sure. Uh, Joey's working on some other stuff, so she's missing it on this week, but she will return next week, and she has sent me her thoughts and her rankings for this uh, to, to work off of. But like I was saying, this is Kind of Funny's In Review, where we rank and review and recap different movie franchises twice a week here on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com if you want to get the show as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free and if you want to write in your reviews in haiku form you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like molecule has done thank you so much uh because you've done that molecule you won't have to hear the ads for me undies canva and upstart that everyone else will later in this show but for now let's talk about inside out with a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes it was released on june 19th 2015 2015 either way uh directed by pete doctor an American animator, film director, screenwriter, producer, voice actor, and chief creative officer of Pixar. He's best known for directing the Pixar movies Monsters, Inc., Up, Inside Out, and Soul. So he kind of has a, a banger portfolio. Uh, and as a key figure and collaborator at Pixar, um, some fun facts about him. He provided the voice of Riley's dad's anger. So that's a cool little thing. Uh, and oh, according, cool. according to him, uh, each emotion is based on a shape. Joy is based on a star. Sadness, a teardrop. Anger is like a fire brick. Fear is a raw nerve. And disgust is broccoli, which is really funny when that's you think funny. about it. Uh, he noted that he likes broccoli very much. However, unlike the other characters, Joy doesn't have a shadow due to her bright personality. You got to love Pixar. They're always thinking. Well, she's I respect blowing. how much, how much shade sense. they throw at broccoli in this. And I, for one... I think it's time. I think it's time we took broccoli down. Big rise broccoli up. has been Tim, in our lives. Broccoli Nick, fans, rise up. Nick, the other day I went to Outback with one Tim Gettys mm -hmm. and cool Greg mm. Gettys. Mm. And let me tell you. I'm looking through my text these... messages, Kevin. I must have missed that. Yeah. Andy must have missed that. Nick, did you? Well, uh, I didn't get Andy, did you get an invite to the Weird, to no. I'm not seeing anything. Andy, you've asked me to stop inviting you to things, so I don't, I don't even know what, what you're calling me out. And, and Nick, I definitely texted you. Did you know I get that? I mean, I, saw, I see a text message of a cat and just another cat gif. Yeah, that sounds right. And this should be the gif. text. And those are the messages. Outback. Yeah, it's maybe, the maybe it's the cryptid secret. It says, okay, yo, so, Outback tonight. Okay, see. from from now on, I understand that a cat message on Reddit means that I have to go to Outback at 730. <laughs> yep. yep, we'll meet you there. And you can have as much but broccoli as you want. monsters got like steamed vegetables. And then they were like, hey, just so you know, it's just broccoli. And Tim went, that's fine with me. And then ate all of it. He ate all of it. Ugh. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Broccoli's so good. great. Broccoli's great. 
a good yo, steamed broccoli. Y'all want to know the best time? Kev, what's the pro tip? What's the pro tip I gave Cool Greg? Uh, he put A1 steak sauce on top. He's like, oh, yeah. all right. That's the broccoli, dude. <laughs> Let's go. That's it right dude, there. you dip that shit? Woo! There is no better form of broccoli, I'm saying it right here, right now, than when you happen to be uh, maybe visiting a, a, a different town and you're you're looking to get the finest dining and, and be inside of one of the best establishments ever, Benihana, okay? And you get, you get uh, hibachi steak and shrimp. And with all the veggies as well. And whatever, everything is just kind of, whatever juices everything has, right? Everything, like the steak and the shrimp are covered in a bunch of like really juice. nice tasting juices. Juice. And when you get those juices on steamed rice and as well on broccoli, and you just kind of start melding it together. Holy cow, my mouth is watering thinking about it right now. Ugh. Andy, yeah. would you believe that I've never been to a Benihana's? Oh! Always wanted to go. Tim won't take me. Let's go back to Toronto. That's where we went last time. I mean, they have them here. Oh. Like, it's not even far away. Yeah, I've I've actually Ubered Benihana one time because I was like, you know what? Time to splurge, Andy. Seems Be a big like a spender. Experience. I Uber eated Benihana, and I think it was like 70 something dollars. Did they, when they came, did How they did that it in did your they pocket? Pop out of the car? Did yeah. they like pop out of the car and like do tricks for <sighs> you? Yeah, he threw a shrimp at me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, music was done by Andy. You want to take a guess? Michael Giacchino. There you fucking go. Of course. Uh, the director took a four year discussion where his piano sessions might fade. From Fade from memory and a chewing gum advertising jingle that he was annoyed and lingered in his head and had a conversation with Michael and was just like, so here's kind of where we're starting this. And Michael's like, okay, cool. He heard the plot of the movie, heard the pitch, and he's just like, I got this. I got this. And so he made the entire score and showed them an eight-minute suite. Um, and they're like, this is it. You totally nailed it, which is that recurring uh, bit that keeps coming back. And it was totally inspired by being a little kid learning about music for the first time and the way that adults kind of look back on all that and having the different emotions feed into it. And I think that they really knocked the score out of the park in this. And I think that it really enhances this movie. So shout out to them for that. Michael Giacchino, a- Tim, just understands the assignment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all you could say about the dude. He just shows up and goes, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to kill this shit. And. A lot of y'all may not talk about me as much, like the Hans Zimmers of the world or the who's the Star Wars guy? John Williams. I was going to say Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson, John Williams, his friend fixes his car. <laughs> okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, but Michael Giacchino just like, he just knows, man. And he's like, look, I'll stay under the radar and I'm going to keep killing shit and making a lot of money and living off this Pixar dollar. So good for Michael Giacchino. Yes. I had a budget of 175 million, a box office of 859 million. This movie was a hit. Uh, awards, it won a lot. Inside Out received 15 Best Picture, 21 Best Original Screenplay, and 40 Best Animated Feature nominations from over 50 different organizations and associations. It won Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and was nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the 88th Academy Awards. Uh, some fun stats for you, Andy, because I know you personally love them. This film featured about 45 animators, which is about as half as many as previous Pixar uh, movies, just because of the style choices that they, they made. Interesting. With it. So, yeah. And uh, this Sounds movie easily lame, passes the Bechtel test, which is a measure of the representation of women in fiction, asking whether a work features at least two women who speak to each other about something other than a man. So good job, Inside Out. Um, now we're just going to talk about what we think about it. Kevin, you want to start? You want to start, Kevin? Yeah, I'm not super hot in this movie. 
I don't know. I just it doesn't do it for me. A lot of it is I'm I'm not super interested. Uh, I hate sadness. I mean, like I know we're supposed to, but like, God, I hate her so much. When we see her walking down the the hallway and just touching all the the balls, and it's like, what is? Why do you have to be this way? You know, what's your face from the office? Yeah, and that makes it makes it worse. I've never liked Phyllis in the office either. Oh, she's great. <laughs> no, it's she pisses privilege. me off. Even I like Phyllis. I don't even like the office. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I guess I don't really have much to say. I like literally don't super enjoy this movie. When it got really big, I was very much confused. I don't like uh, who who plays Anger. Uh, Louis Black. Louis Black. Like he yeah. he's always too much for me, and like I understand that's the role, but I don't know. I feel like this movie didn't have as much nuance. That, Andy Cortez? From it. Um, I surprisingly was kind of feeling like Kevin, but in the way that for the first three-fourths of the movie, I felt just kind of, uh, what's that joke where you're like, I'm not underwhelmed or overwhelmed, I'm just kind of whelmed. Whelmed. I just felt like it was, I felt like it was a fine movie uh, throughout. Um, I enjoyed the characters, and there were some some good goofs here and there. But I wasn't super interested. It wasn't very engaging, and it didn't really pull me in until we get the fucking bing bong moment near bing the bong. end. Yeah. And hits. holy bing shit, the movie just turns, and I go, God damn it, they got me. They brought me back. And then it hits again, and then it kind of just kept on hitting. And then it felt like the proper Pixar that you should expect by now um, because we've seen 16, 15 movies now and they always sort of hit and find some sort of emotional resonance, usually about 75% of the time, I'd say. And I, I'm i really glad those moments are there, and I'm glad it picked up towards the end because for the rest of it, I don't even want to say it's a bad movie. I just wasn't... I, I think it's insanely imaginative and very creative, and I love all the concepts of the emotions and the islands of whatever they're sort of interests are like all that stuff is so damn cool and seeing it visualized is even cooler for me especially somebody who grew up watching you know all the how did pixar make these movies uh, all those documentaries um so huge amount of respect to them for just sort of like the concept of it all but it wasn't super engaging to me until those moments hit and also i'm super shocked that bing bong was not a bad guy when Bing Bong is introduced as, you know, the the imaginary friend from back in her youth, immediately I go, when is this going to turn? When is he going to fuck them over because he's selfish and he's like a Toy Story villain that, like, uh, Lotsa or wrong. whatever. Yeah, Lotsa, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I really thought was going to happen. And once we kind of figured out that it, I was like, whoa, wow, that was, that's kind of the twist that I expected that, I, that actually never happened. And the movie's better for it because that emotional moment hit really hard for me. I, I, I do just want to say very briefly, like, I really want to talk about Bing Bong once we're all done, like, giving our thoughts. Bing Bong. Because I, I have some opinions on him. Damn. Uh, Nick? <laughs> Damn. Uh. <laughs> Sounds like Bing Bong's getting Shit. called to the principal right now. Let's get sent home, bro. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I, li- I saw it when it came out in theaters, and this is my second time watching it. And I think it's just – I appreciate this movie, I think, very much. Um, it's not a movie that I think it has a tremendous amount of rewatchability, like something like The Incredibles or some of the more fun action-oriented uh, Pixar movies. But I really appreciate what they did here, um, and I appreciate how they sort of – 
were able to get across the idea of how someone, you know, who's growing up deals with complex emotions and things like, you know, it has to deal with this big life change and how it can be really, you know, sad. And by the end of it, it's just, it's, it's kind of cool that you kind of get taught that like happiness and sadness and all these emotions are intrinsically intertwined and you have to deal with all of them and process them sometimes can take time and be difficult to understand. And I think that's super important that they, I think it's cool. They made that story interesting yeah. to me. I think it's really like I watched it with a theater full of children ranging from ages of, I have to imagine like five to like, you know, 41 or 40 at the time. Um, and I think everyone sort of got something out of it, which is which is cool. Maybe the kids didn't understand the nuance of it, but I did. And I watched it. And I was like, this is this is kind of a special film to me. Um, I do. I think on the second viewing, I actually got more out of it because I didn't I didn't notice until watching it. Some of the more subtle things like happiness, like, like joy and sadness have different like opposite takes on everything. So there's a moment where they walk into the the big production studio. She's like, oh, my God, it's bigger than I thought. And sadness goes, yeah, it's really small. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, she sees this from a totally different perspective. They both are seeing this whole thing from a different perspective. And then at the end, of course, I think it all builds nicely to that point where she grabs her hand and pulls her over and says, we have to do this together. And then the idea comes out both happy and sad, which is, you know, a complex emotion that we all have. Taking I mean, I, all those like, taking all those memories and turning them blue was like, God damn, this is like this isn't, you know, genius work or whatever, but it's still really cool. And I, I'm really glad the movie sort of sealed it up in a nice way yeah it's a nice so way of visualizing in, those emotions jumping off what Andy just said i i do think it's genius work i i see this as a masterpiece and one of pixar's greatest works and most modern works i love that it is very untraditional in kind of its pixarness and in the in the way that it kind of tells its story and it doesn't fall back on the the tropes that we've seen so many times um with things kind of adding back from the beginning to end all things that i I've talked about on the show of always looking for the bad guy reveals and all that stuff. I love that this movie doesn't have an antagonist straight up period. There's like not even yeah. an argument to be made that there is one. And I, I think that it's rare that a movie can do that. It's even more rare that a movie can pull it off. And I think that they did a good job of making us hate and be so frustrated with this sadness character throughout the entire thing, making your emotions part of the experience and part of the climax of this entire entire movie. I, I feel like if an antagonist were to be named, it would be the way we feel about sadness. And I love that the way that they wrap it up and there is that moment of this, this girl growing up and you see the contrast between the way that her parents' uh, emotions are, are dealing with them versus the way that she is. I always say, whether it's a Nolan movie or a Pixar movie, I love movies that have rules that they set up and that they use and play with in fun and interesting ways. And I think this movie does all of that in spades, especially with what I was just talking about, about like the comedic beats of jumping into the parents um, and getting their points of views, where it's like, so it's good. not just a comedic so thing. It's like, it's, it is really adding to the, the layers of what this movie's doing. I love that it's not afraid to go deep deep like the inception style thing of it's a dream within a dream type stuff but it's like it always pops back to what you're uh kind of getting at andy where it's just like it is a simple story but it's like a simple story that's dealing with stuff that everyone can relate to because we all have emotions and i love that the they handle the visuals of riley living her life and what's going on in her head and it's never played up where like Anger is making her act irrationally angry and she's going to like some level of he's put, pushing buttons and she's acting insane. It's more like, no, she's acting like a child that is angry would act yeah. Yeah. Uh, or when she's or sad or when she's whatever. Not capable of dealing with those emotions and anger is the first thing that pops up. And I, I love I, I love the part in the film when joy and sadness are gone. And all that's left is 
is anger, fear, and disgust. Uh-huh. And they're trying, they're like, okay, we got to figure out something. How would you react to this? And they hit the wrong button. Of course, it just comes out wrong. And that's, we've all had those moments, even as adults, but especially as kids, when we're trying to process all of our emotions and feelings, we don't have the tools necessary to do it. Sometimes you don't know that you're, you're tired or you don't know that you're scared as anger comes out instead. Right. That's what's so cool about this. And like, I think that like kid, this should be like required viewing for children to grow up. For everybody. Uh, yeah. Cause I think it really gets that across in a very positive light, but I would, I would argue one could argue. I wouldn't argue because I think you're spot on when it comes you to would. this movie not having an antagonist. But you could argue that Joy actually is the antagonist in this. And I love that. And and I, she that's is the one, yeah. Totally. And and that's what I think is so powerful about this. It's that it's I what I love about it is using the word antagonist even even there I feel is wrong because it comes down to this like understanding that it's a balance necessary and yeah. that like sadness isn't a bad thing. And like when you start the movie, it, you know that. We all know that going in and we're just kind of like, okay, cool. How like I hate you. I'm like why would I ever support you? But then by the end of it, it's like I love the way that they showed how sadness is intrinsically tied to joy and like the the memories they chose and the way they chose to show those specific memories I thought was so powerful. And my favorite thing about this movie, uh, emotionally, of course, two things, the bing bong stuff, which like I absolutely love how they have this character that like Andy was saying, doesn't turn despite like hints and just visual uh, things where like this could end poorly. Like the fact that it doesn't no. and it, it happens the way it does is so yeah. gut-wrenching. And it, it like, I tried so hard to not cry and I fucking cried. I couldn't, I could not stop myself from it. And so there's, there's that moment, obviously, but I, I just really love their use of the world that, that is inside the Riley of like setting up the different islands and when the islands fall and like all the memories and the the use of color, like they just created so many great roles that when things change in, in different ways, like seeing the me- the core memories start to turn blue, you feel it. And you're just like, no, no, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. And it's like, when you're that involved in a movie, it's like they they won me over. Like they they oh, they got me by the boss. I do want to yeah. I, I do want to interject and say that when I said that the the concept is ingenious, what I was what I was meaning was the I think the idea of it is in, is insanely smart. But the it was the we knew what was going to happen. We knew already that they had found out and that um, joy and sadness had found out. Oh, we need us. We need each other for this, right? Mm-hmm. So you, as the audience, are already kind of you're taught that and you understand that. But it was the what I was saying isn't the most genius thing. It was like turning the yellow balls into blue balls, which sounds oh, gotcha. like disgusting to say. Like, like that is just like a visual thing. It's such an easy win for you know simple, the makers yeah. to like visualize and say, hey, here's what's happening. Uh, and that's what I meant by like that's not like the most genius concept ever, but it still works and it's 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 smart as hell. And um, the um. I lost my train of thought, and the train of thought had crashed oh. down on the ground. It crashed. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm in. An, uh, I'm inside Andy's head, and right yeah. now, his so, his his emotion hunger is like, I need to, I need to get me a little oh, kind bar, did, a little something to stoke it up. A little something, a little something. Um, I so also scared. wanted to point out when they are uh, in those, it, when they are exploring and they're gone from the the command center or what's it called, center central command or headquarters headquarters, yeah. yeah. When they are sort of out there venturing, um, I just really, again, respect the hell out of the imagination and creativity of this is the dream area. This is the subconscious. The abstract area um, is my favorite. Uh, the, yeah, all of oh, that yeah. stuff visually That's is just so amazing. cool and creative. I like um, that we see the star there, right? Where she, where Joy turns into a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like that she sure shape. does. Yeah. Um, the, the and, and by the way, the, 
Well, it's saying is... the emotions were based off of shapes. Ah, stars, oh, that's teardrops. Cool. That's and by the way, the cool. HDR was going in overdrive on <laughs> Joy. <laughs> the... Joy was just like, Jesus Christ. It's like, I need to turn down the brightness or some shit. Um, that Atmos too. Real good. Oh really? Okay. Uh, I I I forget what I'm saying, man. I'm so sorry. I'm just all over the place right now. I need to take my meds. <laughs> Nick, would you rather be one of the core emotions working in HQ or one of the people that just gets to send whatever memory you want up to them and screw with them the entire time? Because <laughs> I, I like love that part where he's like, he's like, we like to send this commercial up just every once in a while. Then it cuts to really like, Why is this happening again? <laughs> That shit was really, really funny. A part that really made me laugh quite a bit is during that dream sequence when Bill Hader uh, is sitting down there watching the dreams. And like, like, oh, let me guess. There's no paint. You're not wearing pants, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I love all that prediction stuff. And then Bing Bong pops up on screen. He goes, Bing Bong? (laughs) 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 It's just, Uh, it's such a funny moment for even the character in the movie who is in charge of fear and stuff like that to be like, Oh fuck! I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, like, while. <laughs> that I that made me laugh so much. The, the, Bill Hader was great in this movie. Bill the Bing great. Bong stuff is obviously it's like gut wrenching and super emotional, but like I do kind of feel like it's their most fabricated, like emotional grab where they like kind of just create these rules out of like, you know, they're like, oh, there's this giant pit where you fall and you die, and then it's like, oh, okay, except for the the, or uh, the little car. For whatever reason, it didn't decay, and he did all these balls, and uh, he started to decay, but she hasn't, you know. And it just that kind of bugs me, where it's like it didn't feel as like in retrospect, it feels less earned. Like the rules than, aren't super cemented or something. Yeah, something like that. where it's in a movie that has very solid rules, suddenly it feels like they go in this pit, and the rules are way more convenient for the amount of time that they have. Because for whatever reason, Joy is not disappearing at all. Well, see, my read on that was just more like they disappear more on a level of like how close are they to obscurity and memory anyway. Like how much is it's not just falling down the thing. Are, yeah. It's an instant death. That's why some of the memories are still there. And like, still that is like They're still deep. Yeah, it's like there are some. They're, they're fading, but it's like as they eventually, that's the, the step towards just completely disappearing forever. And Bing Bong was close enough to that that he started disappearing i guess like applying that to his little car it's like why wasn't that but right like i mean i, I don't think yeah. that that's that i mean i just i felt like that was all set up to give us that moment and it, that just somehow like that was the purpose of that character right to give us that little sad moment at the end where he disappears and it's like i don't know it just seemed kind of unlike pixar to do that I mean, to me it's 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 toy story and getting rid of toys that you don't use anymore like i I think that that comparison is pretty, uh, I guess, pretty existent through a lot of their Toy Story movies of the fear of being lost and forgotten. Um, I, I thought it was great. I thought it worked perfectly. When they tried to get you with the waterworks initially, when she is down there and they are stuck and they feel it's the all is lost moment and she's crying and she's uh, looking at the memory, right? of the of the hockey game that she drops yeah yeah. um and and i'm sitting here i'm like you're not getting me pixar like i Uh, and i was right there with you andy i'm not feeling this man and then as soon as you get that sort of hype moment where they figure out the 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 little sleigh or whatever the hell it is or no it's a red wagon right 
Yeah, the, yeah. Um, yeah. The wagon. yeah, it just it just immediately got me. It just turned like that for me. And for what? him to look down and see his arms disappearing and you go, oh, no, he's going to Tim. He's going to be Bugs Bunny in Space mm-hmm. Jam, mm-hmm. A, a Legacy Reborn or whatever. It's Hell called. yeah. <laughs> a new Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> legacy, uh, legacy Reborn. Re- <laughs> a Legacy Reborn identity. <laughs> it was great. Uh, Joey writes in her her feelings on this. Inside Out was one of the movies I was least looking forward to rewatching. The emotion characters were perfectly cast and their dynamics with each other were spot on. I love seeing the inner workings of Riley's, like the whole exchange about sending the commercial jingle up to headquarters randomly. This movie's really great at showcasing how emotions work in an easily digestible way. Ultimately, I think I've narrowed down that the Pixar movies that work best for me are the ones that are less tied to humans for the most part. Uh, don't come after me for loving up. I wasn't particularly attached to Riley or her family. Made me less invested in the stakes of the third act. I also hate Bing Bong. LOL. Sorry for the Richard Kind slider. <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> He's not dead. He's not dead. No, that, that was the joke from last time when they got when uh fucking Charlotte got me. Um, what was I going to mention? Um, Joey. Well, I mean. Right, and Wally had, Wally had Wally had a lot of robots. Wally had a lot of robots. So yeah, not that many like, people. They not a whole like lot of humans characters. in there until the end, but very, very in the background. Kevin, they're in the background. Know. They don't really count, Andy. Like I get what you're saying, Joe. You're wrong about that, but right about this. Yeah, I don't Andy, know what the fucker deal was. Hit me with the plot. Tell us the story. Yeah, Nick, tell us the story. Never quite ready for hand for Andy Newman, but here we are. Andy Newman is my favorite. Inside out, who's your friend who likes to play? Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before we start this plot, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off with a question that I often wonder. You ever wonder what's going on inside Kevin's head? Odds are it's just quantum mechanics, space travel, and custom shelf making. Welcome to Inside Out, everyone, where Riley was just born. Joy is the first emotion to come out, and she's like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And she stores her first happy memory, which, of course, only lasts 43 seconds until sadness comes through to muck everything up. Then we get introduced to fear, disgust, and anger. Um, Did you just say we can have dessert? Uh, And then, uh, oh, I don't know why I wrote that down. Anyway, voice cast is amazing here. Love the scene with broccoli. Was that you talking to your wife? (laughs) No, there was was just, I think anger said something. Oh, that's what it was. Anger was like dessert, and then they, they show broccoli, and he's like, we got an airplane, everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, gets pissed off, and then the airplane comes in. He's like, wait, we got an airplane, everybody. Uh, each memory is, of course, stored in a glowing ball that's color-coordinated to its emotion, uh, and there's core memories that are super important that power, uh, that these power different aspects of Riley's uh, core personalities, like Hockey Island, Goofball Island, Friendship Island, Honesty Island, and Family Island. The islands, of course, are islands of personality, which are, which are what make Riley Riley. Fun montage here of Riley growing up and forming uh, memories like uh we see come from her perspective like uh well we see irl and then we see from her perspective the floor is lava and then there's a great moment where there's brain freeze and everyone in her core emotions actually freeze uh super fun there uh everything's going well until the family moves when riley turns 11 and guess where they head everyone they head to the place that ruins everyone's life san francisco Francisco, baby (laughs) where everything is very expensive and smells like dog pee pee uh riley is not excited about their new house i would be however though because i'm gonna tell you anything right now kevin that's what 1500 square feet no neighbors oh, that, no upstairs that's neighbors for <laughs> sure north beach right paradise like, that house is in a nice ass area and let me just get started right now with like, like north beach not hillish that's what yeah i'm thinking more not hill 
what well, whatever regard like access to good pizza. Like there's oh, definitely sure. great pizza spots around those areas. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've never in my entire life been into a pizza place in the Bay Area and they've been like, Hey, we only do one type of pizza. No. Well, let me tell you, uh, it's because they're talking about some fucking bullshit in Emeryville. Not in San Francisco, baby. Because oh, that's that, where that's where Pixar East is. Uh, bullshit. Yeast of Eden is a uh, is based on a bakery located near Pixar Studios. It only serves one kind of pizza each day, and broccoli so is one of the toppings. After oh. seeing the broccoli pizza in San Francisco, uh, anger comments on how both the Hawaiians and San Francisco ruin <laughs> pizza, which is hilarious. Uh, interestingly enough, though, Hawaiian pizza has nothing to do with Hawaii at all. It was in that's fact true. a Canadian invention. Oh, yeah. God damn it! Of course uh, it was. It I do want pizza <laughs> orgasmica, and I understand why they didn't go with that. But yep. like, they're a bunch of cowards, is what I'm saying. I was going to point out that there has never been something more true and honest in film than when Riley and her mom are sitting there, and they're like, "There's a pizza spot next door," and her mom's like, "Pizza sounds great," and then like the joy meter just shoots up. Because there's nothing better than like looking forward to pizza. I've oh, like, that's so true. I, I've Would, said it yeah. once and I'll say it again. Like when you're just kind of hanging out with friends and I'm going to be going back home next week and I know we're going to be sitting there and like, hey, let's get some Peter Piper. Away. Like, fuck yes, dude. Like it, it's not even necessarily just the pizza. It's the people and the hangs. Oh, I love pizza. What's up, Nick? Do you think it's more enjoyable the anticipation of the pizza or the actual act of eating a pizza? Which one do you think is more enjoyable? No, the, the act. I mean, I think I, it's the whole experience. I can't even. Whole I, experience. I, I'm with Andy, though, just in the sense that, like, there are so few things that a noun has been created with party attached besides pizza. A pizza party is a thing. That's yeah, so party. true. You don't say burger party. No. Yeah. But here's Alliteration the thing. helps. Imagine, Salad party. Imagine you just ordered pizza. You're way. super excited. You get a phone call and be like, Slow hey, party. man, pizza place burned to the ground. Yeah. Wow. Somebody hit a gas main. Imagine. Imagine <laughs> rest, if you... Rest in peace, yours. <laughs> rest in peace. Big ups. <laughs> but, imagine if you were... No, no, wait. Hold on, hold on. I wasn't done. I wasn't done. And it's like, all right, so we're not going to get a pizza. <laughs> Versus the situation where, like, you're just sitting somewhere and someone, like, walks in with a pizza and they're like, hey, I know you weren't expecting this, but here's a pizza. Go ahead and eat. Which situation's better? Oh, shit. Can't pretend on that one. Surprise pizza is pretty freaking good. Like, if I could make that's, the process of eating pizza, yeah, it's good. Kevin, I love the process of eating it, don't get me wrong, but if I could extend that for like two hours to go along with the hangs and the pizza Order like stays pizza, hot forever, Andy. no, Order but you get full. Pizza. Like, I eat three slices, and I'm like, fuck, I right. shouldn't I, eat this fourth, I'm going to want to vomit. Am I confused or were Kevin's two options on which one's better? Either A, <laughs> your favorite pizza place burns to the ground, or B, someone surprises you with no, pizza. No, it was, it was, I'm sorry, did Nick, did you not say like what's better, the anticipation for pizza or eating the pizza? Yeah. And I'm just saying how silly that is. That's, That's fair. I'm saying the I'm, anticipation can go straight to hell. I if, feel like the train of thought for me on, on that one was going, and then the island crumbled, and I just crashed. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand how these two are connected, but it doesn't matter. I'm having a great time. But before we get back to the plot, though, let me tell you about our sponsors. 
This podcast is brought to you by MeUndies. MeUndies believes that your comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about being comfortable in your skin. And when you're truly comfortable, you get a slam dunk kind of feeling, you know? That's right, MeUndies and Space Jam are bringing you new undies. Ladies and gentlemen, you know I only wear MeUndies. A long time ago, I found out how comfortable they were, threw away the rest of my underwear, and only buy MeUndies. I still do to this day. And the Space Jam one is interesting for people like Blessing. Uh, MeUndies new Space Jam print features Bugs Money, Daffy Duck, and other iconic characters who are all tuned up and ready for a rematch. MeUndies are made from micromodal fabric, which is not only soft, but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. Check out their new Space Jam collection in the softest undies, socks, bralettes, dog hoodies, and loungewear available in sizes XS to 4XL. Here's your chance, do your dance, to score their new collection before the clock runs out. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com morning. That's MeUndies.com morning. Up next is Canva. We've talked about Canva a lot, ladies and gentlemen. If you are making things on the internet and you need video, you need audio, you need Canva Pro, Tim's been using it, Roger's been using it, Nick has been using it. Anybody who's not just screaming into a microphone all day like me at Kind of Funny is using it to make our stuff better. Canva Pro is the easy-to-use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or just getting started, Canva Pro can help boost you and your team's productivity and creativity. Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kindoffunny to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot me, M-E, uh, slash kindoffunny. Canva.me slash kindoffunny. And our final sponsor of the day is Upstart. If you're carrying a credit balance month after month, it can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of debt. Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive the funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how. Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash KFMB. That's upstart.com slash KFMB. Don't forget to use our URL so that they know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your application. Go to upstart.com slash KFMB. Back to the plot. Back to the plot, of course. Riley makes the best of the situation. They start playing hockey. Uh, but then dad gets a call from work, which is bummer, and that's going to be an, on, an ongoing thing. Uh, so Joy steps in and recommends pizza. Uh, we talked about that. Anyway, uh, but as Riley and her mom reminisce about the trip to SF, sadness touches one of the memories and it turns blue. Then she messes with one of Riley's core memories. Uh, sadness is having a, a breakdown, but Joy tries to help her turn things around and find the fun. Dad is stressed out over the new company. The move has really bummed out Riley. Despite Joy's efforts, the other emotions take over. Mom tells her they need to her dad and keep smiling uh, which actually does the trick and she falls to sleep off we go to dreamland but all she can think about is the monster house the dead rat and the broccoli pizza so joy steps in one more time and conjures up a core memory of her skating around as a very very young girl uh, and the music here is really really nice i First love day, i love this nightmare scene too just like the way the rat is shown like all of it's fucking great and the music in the back is the haunted mansion music from disneyland that's so. amazing and plus, guys. and you also we get that cameo from Mordu, or like whatever bear I don't know some bear from Brave. It looked like one of the bears from Brave. Probably Mordu. 
That's a, that's, I didn't realize that. That's a good point. No, though. I, the bear I don't joke, think that's right. High quality I, stuff. I, I don't think that's right. The bear was brown, right? In the, in the dream. And, well, and the bear looked like the mom. Black. When the mom turns into the bear, the bear looked like that. Like it, it looked like the same 3D model almost. Now the rat, it's possible, kind of like a possible. dirty ass ratatouille the, rat. It really did though. It looked like he could be ratatouille's like younger brother. Yeah. Sad, sad life. Uh, first day of school, and uh, uh, Joy rallies the troops to get Riley ready. She draws a circle on the ground for Sadness to stand inside of, which is kind of messed up, but hey, I get it. Uh, Riley heads to her new school, and fears, worst fears come true. The teacher calls her out to introduce herself, and it's very embarrassing. Uh, Joy steps in and conjures up a memory of Riley playing hockey with her folks, but she realizes that everything's changed now. And she starts crying, of course. This is our first indication that these joyous memories uh, are entwined with sadness very subtly great scene well. great scene i great love this scene. so much a whole bunch of fun little easter eggs one for me this is james lick middle school which a bunch of my friends went to so it's like i was gonna ask you cool which one was. where is that is that over in the uh by castro or where is that yeah it's kind of like castro more like, more uh, like knob uh, hill alfredo area. used to live somewhere over there at some uh, point, right? so, yeah no. close enough close enough oh yes 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 he did when he lived with alexis it's yeah. around there yeah. uh but the a bunch of facts here in riley's classroom the classroom is a 113 which is one of those reoccurring pixar things uh there's a map at the back of the room that has pins plotted on um, uh places all over the world and there are references to all the different pixar movies of where they're That's set cool. uh, are there any like one ones that haven't happened yet yeah i was gonna say uh yeah the good dinosaur God, which is upcoming never seen it don't care to see it never watch it next week three days away four days away. Uh, <laughs> let's see sadness of course is messing everything up and a new core memory is created that's blue this time joy's like oh my gosh she tries to rectify the situation but all the core memories get lost and then sucked up into the chute along with joy and sadness in tow they land of course outside of hq far off in the distance the long-term memory banks and joy sees that all the islands of personality have gone gray they've gone dead uh joy scoops up the core memories no personality island um since joy is no longer in hq no happiness what a real boring. fucking thing man i just the way that this movie deals with this young girl growing up dealing with such a big change in her life and like i think that there's such nuance to the, the emotional characters here where it's like they are also growing they have also been 11 years old and they are going through changes too so in the beginning when we see sadness like touch it and it's just so infuriating where it's like leave it the fuck alone it's just like She's feeling the need to do that. She yeah. is growing as well. And I just think that they show all that stuff very well. And the, the classroom scene of her telling the story and starting to cry, it's just like, fuck. Like, that is so damn real. And, like, she's trying to be happy. But the joy has gone, man. Yeah. Wait till uh, Riley figures out that she'll be a fucking slave to the work of the 9 to 5 every Monday to Friday to buy stuff she doesn't even want. Like, it's just... Ugh. Poor Riley, dude. She thinks she's sad now. She doesn't even fucking know, dude. Doesn't know, man. Doesn't There's know about how, to be so many more islands. Like right broke. now, she only has oh five islands to worry about. They're all happy stuff. And then it's like, oh, there's about to be like 50 islands. And it's going to be, oh, here's Garbage Night Island. You have to deal with the garbage. Come on. Oh, my gosh. She gets to pay her taxes. You, <laughs> you think that's its own island? That's not just like a weird, like sad, like climb at like responsibility island yeah, it's called responsibility no, island. she lives in and san francisco horrible. so the garbage cans are very small so it's gonna be a so big small your garbage cans are so small they're like comedically can, small you can get bigger ones you can always order them ah, yeah he's number. afraid of it i'll tell you what 
That's a good one to go out. I'm he's not gonna afraid say of it. Say. He's afraid of it. We'll keep going. Uh, let's see. Riley's mom tells her about a new hockey league she found, but since Joy isn't there to answer, the other motionists try to step in and answer, and all goes wrong. Uh, we go into the mom's head, and this is where I was like, "Wow, this movie is actually genius." Because when we go to Bob's head and see her her emotions. And they all are – first off, it's kind of weird that mom is driven by sadness. I don't know if anyone caught that. that Thank you. So there's an interesting thing there uh, where the director was talking about it, and and she's actually not driven by it. Like the one actually making the decisions is Joy, like the one that's actually on the board mm-hmm. hitting the buttons. But, yeah, the ideas are kind of led by that, that sadness. But, like, that kind of works with the conclusion of this movie of they are working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like that. my assumption was that when you become an adult, a lot of those, all of the emotions kind of become one because they were almost indistinguishable. They weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't, you know, drastically different like mm-hmm. they were in Riley's mind where like everybody had their own distinct thing. And on the other side, were they all on the, in the husband's mind, all anger. They they were all the shape of anger. That's yeah, hilarious. With mustaches, yeah. Yeah. but they yeah, were different colors. But that's it's like hilarious. I guess that's like you lean towards anger, maybe, but you still have everything sort of compartmentalized. I don't know. It's it's kind of a cool thing to think about. I think that was uh, that's great. Of course, they go over to the dad. Dad's just completely oblivious to everything. And then when he eventually does try to step in, he just mucks it up like dads do. Because oh, it's perfect. Yeah, it's oh man, so perfect. That- that was so good. The transition over to the dad and like, down. no, well in his head, game. yeah, he's watching a hockey, watching game, a hockey game and they're like, like all right, guys. I- that, it, it's only a hockey game in certain territories uh, in European places. It's soccer. Oh, or football. Football. oh interesting. I, I don't know why I thought you meant that like Europeans refer to that sport as soccer. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, no, Tim, they certainly don't. That is that not true. <laughs> but the, the uh, whole way that that situation was handled is one of my favorite moments in the in the whole movie. Because, like, you see the panic. You see the little guys in there trying to be like, what do we do? What do we do? And, like, look at the mom again. It's like, ugh. And then cut back to the mom. Cut back to the thing. And then that escalates to uh, Riley having a fight with her dad and no, him but putting I, his foot I, down. I think before that, just him asking the same question that had just been asked <laughs> and then having the everybody like, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah the, the team's being like, we nailed so it. And, then, and yeah. then being like, oh, this idiot. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was uh, Cars 3. When that happens. Cars 3 had the uh, the Pixar short before it that was uh, Riley's first date. And then it, it it was like an eight minute short. It's on Disney oh, Plus if you want to watch cool. it. We watched this it last at, night, too. This popped up at the end of it. And uh, super worth watching, but it does a lot more of this, of the mom and dad dealing with Riley's first date, which is hilarious. Um, and it also it's reminds me that I was just cruising on Disney Plus after watching this and watching the Riley's first date thing. And I was like, oh, I wonder what else there is. There is a car short of them going to Tokyo, and it is just straight up a Tokyo Drift ripoff. Like but to the no. point that they they mimic the Han shot of him driving around the cars with the, the camera stuff. And I, I can't believe how they're just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. It's Tokyo Drift. They even have a song like they do. The, I wonder if you know, but like their version of it. And I don't know if I recommend watching it, but uh, it's there for you if you want. Back I recommend just I recommend just looping Tim sing that song over and over mm-hmm. again. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a fun afternoon for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, instead of gently probing, dad puts his foot down. Massive argument ensues. Mom conjures up. Why it needs to just disappear. What does she do? Conjures up the image of a very good looking man offering her his hand. And everyone's like, oh, that's nice. Tim, we've all been there. Uh, my, meanwhile, Joe and Sadness right? try to head back. Is it a memory? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it just it when is like a memory the, of like pre-dad like she was had that year abroad is that what it is yeah 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 and then like at the end the, the post teacher has scene, the same memory then well at the end the joke is the post-credit scene was in the same situation or like had same also guy, met then? that guy well i think I like maybe the guy's like a movie star or something like that and she's conjuring up that moment i, I got the vibe that he's just like a like a like fabio or something like, yeah, yeah fabio. He, like when you go to a vacation spot like everybody knows that guy's like when you go to hawaii there's and you go on boat tours there's this dude named crash and everyone i know knows the story about crash everyone has crash everyone knows crash uh let's see meanwhile joy and santa's try to head back to hq by walking over um the memory dump which if they fall in they'll be lost forever because there's no way of getting out when dad tries to go up to riley's room to smooth things over by doing the monkey face riley turns away causing a massive earthquake plummeting goofball island into oblivion forever Sad. with no other option joy drags sadness into the long-term memory we got a great moment that i glossed over earlier but in order to keep uh sadness uh busy she gave her all the manuals all the memories so now sadness actually knows how everything works and she's like, well, I can get us out of the, I can get us over to the next island. And she's like, great. But of course, Sadness is doing the thing where she's like, I just want to lay on the ground. So she has to drag her, uh, which is fucking, which is hilarious. Oh. Is it? Is it hilarious? I think it's fun. I love it's it. It's just like, great. Now you got to deal with this annoying character and them walking in this thing it's for an undisclosed funny. amount of time. It's, you know what, Kevin? As we've always said, I will be the sadness to your joy, the yin to your yang. Okay. You can be overly happy and I'll just, you can just drag my ass along and I'll touch everything. We've always you said like that, that, Kevin. Would you yeah, like we it? have always said that. You nailed that, Nick. <laughs> great, uh, great company analogy that we always use. <laughs> the next morning, Joy spots some mind workers deleting non-essential memories like the names of every cutie pie doll. Uh, the only memory that never fades is the triple that gum commercial, which they send up to HQ periodically sometimes just for absolutely no reason, just to troll so HQ. Funny. So, so funny. Uh, uh, the the song this is like such a such a random Easter egg, but uh, the voice is Nick Patera, mm -hmm. who is an old school YouTuber from like 2006 era uh, that went amazingly viral because he sang a whole new world and he sang both Jasmine oh, and Aladdin's part. Really, and it was like it's one of those things where it. It sounds identical to Aladdin and Jasmine. You look at this guy and you would never think he he can hit those those notes, but it is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. That's so, weird. That, that's why is that fun. him? <laughs> why, why? He he eventually got a job at Disney and Pixar. So he's he's like been doing a whole bunch of random little things. Got but it. Okay. He did that song. Mm. Uh, up at the world, of course, Riley fa is FaceTime with one of her friends back in Minnesota who tells her that, hey, we've got this great new person on the hockey team, and Riley does not know how to deal with that. So she cuts the call off in anger, uh, sending Friendship Island down for the count. Sadness uh, laments their failure until Joy spots Bing Bong, Riley's imaginary friend. Uh, and then <laughs> Sadness has a great moment where she's like, what are you supposed to be? And he goes, you know, it's unclear. <laughs> Mostly I'm cotton mostly candy. cotton candy, part cat, part elephant, and part dolphin. Big Mom <laughs> gives Joy, yeah. Uh, Big Mom gives Joy his magic bag to carry the core memories, uh, and leads them through over to the abstract tunnel, um, where ab abstract thought like loneliness, which is upstairs. Up, up we'll see uh, Riley, of course, eating alone, so she's trying to struggle with that. Um, and but if they go through that, they can get to the train station where the train of thought leaves. Sadness, of course, wants to go around because there is a sign that says danger, but Bing Bong can't read anyway. And uh, and Joy is desperate to get back. So she says, well, just follow Bing Bong. I trust him. He's part dolphin. They're very smart. Uh, two techs, of course, immediately come to flush out the abstract tunnel and everyone turns into abstract shapes. And I love this part. Because the first, apparently, I, forget, I didn't write them all down, but they go through like the four phases of abstract shapes. And one of them is just 
like is just the core shapes with the colors while they which they end up in and then they have turn their 2d lines and they finally get out of it which is cool okay. um let's see they missed the train at the station so they head to imagination island land to eat from the french fry forest and hang out in cloud town uh we get a little goof here where they accidentally uh, evaporate one of the one of the clouds uh, as they walk by they Big murdered that by. man right yeah they killed that they straight up killed yeah. him. So and the point his wife there's a police, later there's a police uh, investigation later yeah and which sparked a laugh out loud moment to me because they literally have an homage to the movie Chinatown starring yep. Jack Nicholson. Yep. Oh <laughs> man, like, Nick. He's like, don't worry about it, Jake. He's like, you can't think about it, Jake. It's it's Cloud Town. <laughs> <laughs> so the amount of times you said I did not know that was a reference to me, Nick. Yeah, I was like, I, first off, I was like, he said it. How did you not? Know? And I was like, that sounds like Ch- a Chinatown reference. And yeah. then he calls the guy Jake, and I was like, yep. Love it. Yeah, that's. Do you know who the voice of the cloud was? Uh uh-uh. uh. John Ratzenberger. Ratzenberger watched baby. Rat- oh, he was also oh, at I the end. He was the tech at the end. He was also the little guy at the uh, end, uh, or one of the, you know, the yeah tech dude. Wait, they both played the who? Who was the other cop? I think oh, the same cop in the hats, right? Bleed. Ratzenberger was the cloud, is what he was saying. Well, the cloud. Oh, cop. that's what I thought, and then I saw him at the end as the tech, he, so I deleted. He's that. both. He's both. Okay, that makes sense. He's the cloud, and he's one of the tech. The other tech is Flea. Oh my from god, Flea from fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's why? hilarious. Because <laughs> why not? Because he's Flea Donnie from Wild Thornberries, dog. Yeah, he'll like it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that, Kevin. That was really good. Every time. <laughs> Love Donnie. Uh, back to Bing Bong. Bing Bong finds his old red uh, red wagon rocket. Uh, which they used to imagine would be a rocket ship that would take them to the moon. Um, and they spot Riley's imaginary, imaginary boyfriend. They're like, who's that? She's like, that's his imaginary boyfriend. He lives in Canada. And he's like, I would die for Riley. That's hilarious. It's uh, fucking Riley- great. And I love it because it's just such a funny joke. And then it works back in the plot later. Oh, they yeah. did a good job with it. Bring it back. Uh, up in the real world, Riley is uh, trying out for the new hockey team, but anger uh, takes over, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, they try to use one of their old hockey memories as a core memory, but it backfires and everything goes bad. And then down goes Hockey Island. Uh, Bing Bong sees all of uh, the reflections of child, uh, Riley's childhood imagination being torn down and taken to the dump, uh, which includes the Red Rocket, right? by the way, that, excuse me, not Red Rocket. Red wagon gets oh, dumped Jesus. over as well. Jesus, that was a brain. That, eh. Sadness sympathizes with Bing Bong, and they both have a good cry on it. Bing Bong, Andy cries. Cortez from Candy. Kind of Funny or, or Candy. Are the two cops the same subconscious guards? I think so. No, no, no. Because okay. weren't weren't the two cops also clouds? No, were they? they were, not? No, they were, I think they were the cops from the hat. Yeah, the, the, the like, guards were. Like, I wrote my hat in there. He's like, that's my handwriting. It's one of the guards was was Frank Oz, um, but. Yeah, I, I guess Ratzenberger was the clock because it's only saying he's Fritz, which is the repair yeah, guy. But I mean, listen to it. Like I, yeah. I noticed when watching it, I'm like, it's definitely him. And then like I just Googled it and there's a bunch of pictures of them together. The cloud Got and it. Got the it. thing and Ratzenberger. I just think like IMDB, here's the deal, Andy. I figure it out formatting and they they can't get everyone screwed it all up. It was per- you were you were perfect, IMDB. Get your S together. The S stands for shit. Oh. It's funny because ass is what I thought you would say. I thought say. you were going to say stuff together. Yeah. Anyway, Bing Bong cries pocket candy, which I think is hilarious and kind of creepy at the same time. Yeah. Uh, sadness sympathizes with Bing Bong and they both have a good cry. And afterward, he helps show them to the train station. Joy asks Sadness. She's like, how did you do that? And she's like, I don't know. 
Uh, and it turns out if you just allow sadness in and you're allowed to process your emotions, you'll be better off for it. Uh, but we don't get to there yet. We still have to go through half the second act. Uh, they get on the train and Joy accidentally knocks over some boxes of facts and opinions. And oh my God, I didn't catch this the first time, but this is the <laughs> funniest joke in the whole thing. He's like, these facts and opinions look exactly alike. He goes, don't worry about it. It happens all the time. Scoops them all into the facts box. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. I'm like, good. wow, that really is a very, very meta, solid. awesome joke. Uh, Anger gets a good idea. Uh, listen, all the core memories were made in Minnesota. Ergo, we go back to Minnesota to make them. Riley should run away. Uh, Riley, of course, goes to sleep and the train stops. So they head over to Dream Productions to wake her up. Uh, this is where we get another dichotomy here where uh, Joy goes, wow, this place is huge. And then Sadness goes, yeah, it looks so much smaller than I expected. Uh, Sadness tells them that they, if, that they can wake up Riley with a bad dream. But Joy's like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. That's negative. We want to excite her awake. We'll have some fun. And then this whole dream sequence is amazing. I love the creativity here where it's all little kind of amorphous blob, like things, the little text that work there. And they put the reality filter on that it becomes like her, the people. And it's just a little off, you know, where it's like my teeth are falling out. The guy's like sprinkling teeth and it's just another day job for them. All of this love is it. freaking great. Well, yeah. Be reading the cue cards be like, oh man, she is not good at this not job. I was going to say that the way they end up using the reality filter to like have the dog get like cut in half. <laughs> is terrifying so, like awesome. what a good payoff to that little build i i love that the person mimicking riley's lines or who's the who's the guy off camera reading lines for like i guess responding to the teacher or doing something like that he's there's like a, a you know he's like a bearded like uh, yeah he's got his goatee yeah he's got just a goatee i don't know why like the blob like speaking in i i, I think it was riley's voice or some woman's yeah, voice, yeah, yeah, was. No, was voice but he just had like this goatee it just looked so funny so funny <laughs> and that's another thing uh with riley who is voiced by uh caitlin diaz um she was another situation where that was a, a temp voice that was only for storyboards and stuff and they ended up just being like, you're the voice. We got to keep this. So. Diaz, is it? Diaz. Where's that from, Nick? Do it again. I had to see your face. Diaz, you is it? Diaz. Cobra Kai. Oh, so close. No, you're not even close. It's Blue Streak, Martin Lawrence. Great movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were questioning me because it's D-I-A-S. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't fucking know. Oh. Mm. But, yeah. Anyways. Man, I gotta go back and watch Blue Streak. Apparently, hell yeah, Blue really Streak good. in review. <laughs> only one of them. Yeah, Fuck it. it'll be easy, Kevin. It'll be easy. Number Not one. enough. Let's break it up into three parts. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Bing Bong gets hauled away by the subconscious, uh, or to the subconscious, where they take all of the troublemakers. And of course, they have this little fun moment with the two guards. You're talking about. Was like, that's my hat. No, that's my hat. Uh, and they sneak in. Actually, they don't even sneak in. They just they get, they get caught and they're like, get back in there. How'd you guys get out? And so it worked out well for them. Uh, of course, when they do go in there, they're like, oh, this is where all of Riley's deepest fears are kept. And as they look up, they realize they're standing in a forest made of broccoli. <laughs> uh, uh, how are they going to find Bing Bong? Pretty easy. They're going to follow a trail of candy wrappers over where they find Bing Bong imprisoned in a prison of balloon animals sitting high atop the stomach of Jangles, the giant sleeping Jangles. Bird. What a perfect name for this fucker. And this Terrible. is one of those examples of what I love about this movie's kind of very different formatting and way of st storytelling where we didn't hear about Jangles before. But it works because we didn't. And it's just like, oh, here's Jangles the fucking clown. And it's like, you don't need to have this backstory. Of it. We get it. For we totally get it. We understand why this is the fucking fear. They did a really exactly. good job. I also uh, thought that this was also the final moment where I thought, you know what? Bing Bong is not going to turn. Because <laughs> of all the other moments, I kept thinking it's going gonna, it's gonna to be soon. It's going to be soon. It's going to be soon. And then this moment, I thought, 
oh, like he's going to trap them in there. They're going to be stuck in there and he's going to like figure out a way to get out and like say, fuck you all. Like I'm out. I'm, I'm leaving this place or whatever. I'm going back with Riley. And I thought this is the moment that like when they're following the trail of candy wrappers, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, don't do it. Bing bong. And I, he was just crying. Just sad. I'm super happy that they had uh, in the post credit scene. We see Jangles, the clown and how he's just a normal dude, just trying to be a clown and make these kids happy. What do you say? Four, four years of Juilliard for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they free Bing Bong, but the train is still not running. They have to wake Riley up somehow. So they give it the old college try. Like, we got to use what we got at our disposal. And they wake up Jangles and tell him there's a party happening somewhere. He's like, party, hello, parties. Uh, and then immediately he barges into Riley's dream, causing a terrifying and probably irreparable damage to her psyche. Uh, but it does the trick. She wakes up and the train starts up, back up. Off they go to HQ. Anger, of course, tells everyone it's time to take action and plugs in the light bulb to run away city. Uh, there's no turning back now. Riley looks up the bus station schedule and is like, well, I need money. And they're like, how are you going to get money? And I know. Always like we always like Greg Miller's always saying, kids, if you want to bag us on Patreon, go over to your mom's purse, take out her credit card and max Don't that do sucker Don't. out. Don't do mm -hmm. it. Uh, Joy gives Sadness a props for idea to scare Riley away. She's like, you're actually pretty good at this. And Sadness is like, yeah, I know. Maybe you should just listen to me. And this movie would have been over 30 seconds ago and they could go pee. When Riley jacks her mom's credit card, Honesty Island goes down hard, uh, taking the train tracks and everything else with it. Um, some of the texts, uh, when they're rescued, some of the texts tell Joy that Riley is with it. She's like, what's going on? They're like, Riley is running away and everything starts to go haywire. Uh, Joy spots a recall tube and is like, we can use that to get back to HQ. Uh, but then she realizes if Sadness gets in that tube too, there's a possibility that all the core memories might go blue. So she just straight ditches her ass, which is just like savage, right? Complex um, shit, man. Tough. And of course, it backfires when everything else continues to go haywire and uh, the, the tube goes down, plummeting Joy uh, to the to the I uh, think the gorge below, along with Bing Bong, they're down there. Uh, but if Sadness gets, uh, no, no, I said that. Hey, there you go. Uh, Joy and Bing Bong are stuck and they're forgotten. Joy spots a core memory, the one of Riley's first day in class, and it makes her cry. And then she spots that happy forgotten memory of Riley coloring uh, and telling stories and playing in grass. She goes, I just want Riley to be happy. So she hugs them all to her chest and lets them go. Uh, and even, oh, Excuse me. Uh, one of her tears, of course, gets on that core memory of Riley, that little one where she was the first time playing hockey. And uh, as Joy wipes it away, though, we get a little rewind effect and realizes that happy memory actually started as a sad memory. Uh, and it was only a happy memory because they had to go through the sadness first to get there. And she's like, ah, I think I finally got it. Uh, Mom and dad of the team, they all came here to help because of sadness. Uh, Joy knows what she has to do. And she's like, we got to figure this out. So what does she say, Tim? What is the call to the wild? Who's your friend who likes to play? Bing pong. Bing pong. Bing pong. <laughs> why are you that, saying it like that? Like, that, why is it suddenly turned into Christopher Walken? Bing pong. Dude, I swear to God, though, this song oh, sounds ping pong. That's identical. Why. Identical to the uh, Baby Park music in uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, wow. <laughs> the doo -doo -doo -doo. wow. You're so right. <laughs> That's intense. Uh, of course, they call that out, and it summons the imaginary rocket, uh, and they get in. They try to launch themselves out of out to safety, out to the, the bluffs above, but it doesn't work. They try again. It doesn't work a second time, and Bing Bong tells her they need to try one more time. He goes, I got a good feeling about this one. But as they build speed to take the ramp, Bing Bong bails out of the rocket to lighten the load. And as Riley looks back, excuse me, Joy looks back uh, in awe of him. He says, go save Riley. 
take her to the moon for me. Take her to the moon for me. Okay. Holy shit. Here I am. I'm already tearing up. Feel it. Director Pete Doctor said that the Bing Bong voice actor Richard Kind was actually crying while recording that line. Uh, and the cast and crew reportedly cried while recording the scene. And it's yes. just like, yo, this movie is a fucking accomplishment. I love, I love how they did this. And it fucking worked so well. Uh, Mom and dad come home that day, but Riley is missing. Uh, so they call her cell, but anger takes over and makes her keep going. Joy can't find sadness, so she puts herself in sadness. And she's like, what would sadness do? And she like, plays out the character. Like, oh, I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to lay here. And then looks over and, and spots the bottom row of all the memories that have turned blue. And she goes, ah, I can follow those to sadness because that's a trail of crumbs, of breadcrumbs to her. Uh, Riley, of course, reaches the bus station and starts to get onto a bus. And the emotions realize that this is actually just a really bad idea. So they try to pull a little light bulb um, out of the console, but it will not go and ends up actually corrupting the console instead. Dude, I, I love this. I, I think that this this is really the moment. The Bing Bong scene, obviously, and like just Joy kind of like being sad uh, for the first time, dealing, like looking at the memories. It's like this is the turning point where everything starts to come together so well where I think we hit the masterpiece levels where when we see the real world of this young girl and we're finally at a point with Pixar that we've been working towards, inching towards uh, over the last couple of movies that there are scenes that are just straight up real life looking and later in the credits when we see san francisco and they just kind of they're essentially just flexing where they're just like look at how well we can animate reality at this point i love how dark the bus station is and how like mm-hmm. actually scary it is to have her walk through these alleys and 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 to get on the bus like they just did such a good job with the reality while it, it, her mind being dark in completely different ways that all kind of feed into the same thing and i thought that was very well done Agreed. Uh, Joy chases after sadness, and we get that Chinatown reference I was talking about, which is hilarious. Uh, so good. She prints out, and then she's like, ah, uh, sadness gets scooped up by one of the clouds and, and starts floating off. And Joy gets a good idea. She's like, I'll print out a bunch of those Canadian boyfriends who would die for Riley. Uh, and then uh, scoops them all up, and they all start going into that little magic sack that, that Bing Bong had. Um, and then she lets out the sack, and they all stack like a, a big old uh, ladder with her on top. And then taking the plunge, she leans over. She leans a little bit, and they like plunge her all the way over to a trampoline that bounces her off, so she can catch sadness on the way towards smashing into the window of HQ. But we have another problem, though. They can't get in until disgust gets a great idea. She pisses off anger to the point where it becomes a flamethrower, so she can cut through the glass and let the other two emotions back into the HQ. Uh, as they watch the screen, Riley boards the bus, uh, and it starts to pull off onto the Bay Bridge. Everyone pleads with Joy to help. But Joy knows that there's only one person or one emotion who can, and it's sadness. Uh, sadness manages to pull the idea from the console very easily, and Riley immediately realizes this is a terrible idea and asks to be let off. She heads home where her parents, when she walks in, her parents find her, and they've been worried sick. Joy gives sadness all the core memories. And we watch as her previously happy moments turn to sadness. Uh, Riley finally breaks down and cries. She says, I know you don't want me to, to uh, but I miss home. I miss Minnesota. You need uh, you need me to be happy, but I want my old friends and my hockey team. I want to go home. Please don't be mad. And of course, her parents, who have been, you know, obviously real, dealing with the exact same emotions, tell, let her know that. Finally, they said, you know what? I, her, dad, her dad says, you know what? I miss Minnesota too. I miss the woods where we took hikes. And then her mom says, I miss the backyard where we used to play. And her dad says, Spring Lake, where you learned to skate. 
then they all have a good moment and they hug it out. Uh, joy, hand sadness. The final core memory, the one uh, with Riley where she was little, uh, little in skating, but sadness takes her hand and leads her over the console. And together uh, they watch as a new core memory forms, uh, one of both sadness and joy intertwined. Um, Let's see. The new, and then, of course, a new island pops up. Uh, an island of personality springs forward. Soon more islands pop up. But instead of one emotion, uh, we see the little core memory bank. And they're comprised of a mixture of complex emotions as, uh, you know, representing that Riley is, of course, moving into uh, adulthood and getting more complex as a human being as well. Uh, that's not it, though. We get a couple upgrades in the HQ, uh, courtesy of... John Ratzenberger is one of the techs. And they've got all sorts of buttons, including a full access to the all the swear buttons and one that says puberty, which they don't quite understand yet. But I'm guessing they will the next year because uh, we pop back up to Riley. Uh, she's about to start her first hockey game. Mom and dad have painted their faces, uh, the team colors, and mom's emotions think that dad is actually a pretty good guy after all. So maybe it's time to ditch that memory of that hot guy. Uh, and then a beat later, she's like, man, we'll just keep this for later because you know what? Marriage. Am I right? Am I right, Kevin? No, you're wrong. High five. High five. No. Kevin. High I five, Kevin. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> Ripple uh, crash in Hawaii, Kev. Exactly, Kev. That guy's going to just mm, all over your face. No. Oh, my Riley. God. Riley there got lost. I don't, know, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know what crash does or why he's so popular. Tim, but apparently you know, a little I guess it's different in my brain. Riley, of course, bumps into a boy, and this is the first time she kind of has that kind of awakening um as she gets onto the ice uh and as she does so of course her parents start cheering for her and all, the, all they're like you know mom and dad are pretty cool but don't let her don't let them know uh and we get a little bit of a narration out from joy uh who says we've been through a lot lately that's for sure but we still love our girl uh she has uh, great new friends and a great new house things couldn't be better after all riley's 12 now what could possibly happen and then mm -hmm. the credits roll. Of course, she's going to enter puberty and all sorts of stuff. She's going to get all sorts of, uh, we'll just say complex for everyone. Uh, and the credits roll. And then I love this credit roll. We get a bunch. We get to see the inside of a bunch of people's brains. My favorite uh, two are the bus driver and the dog. <laughs> the bus driver is just all anger. And the dog just wants food. And cat, man. The, the cat, cat was hilarious. Cat. The cat was good. So good. <laughs> the cat was great as well. And that is the end of Inside Out. Seven uh, syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny to write your review in haiku form, just like Lee Polero did. Feelings have feelings. Not prepared for Bing Bong's death. Now I have feelings. And miscellaneous course writes in with the plot and haiku joy sadness and fear anger and disgust appear through childhood they steer joy tries to maintain though this new life causes strain sadness starts to gain stuck far from hq they run in to bing bong too <laughs> tries tries to help them through it's just so funny hearing I like, bing Fuck bong in a very serious haiku <laughs> <laughs> riley runs away but then sadness saves the day, takes that thought away. Teamwork now in place to bring a smile to her face. Family, embrace. There we go. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. Before we get to Raggy Bagu, I want to give you guys the Pixar theory brought to you by the nanobiologist. There's a recurring theory that every single Pixar movie is connected in some way. Here's the big deep dive red string everywhere theory for where Inside Out fits into the big picture. 
the biggest thing in this movie that is established is how much our emotions drive us. Like they literally drive our actions. Plus it gives tangible shape to the emotions that the monsters collect in Monsters Inc. What's the main driver of Riley? Joy. What's the more most powerful energy, form of energy? Laughter and joy. This movie feels more of a reason as to why laughter was so powerful. Next, let's take a look at Bing Bong. This movie takes place after Ratatouille based on an Easter egg showing Colette on a prestigious cooking magazine. That's one of the Easter eggs uh. in this. Uh, possibly showing that she's done very well for herself after that movie. The Events of Monsters, Inc. takes place during the summer of 1099 based on fear records shown in the movie. So monsters have already moved over to laugh power at this point if time moves literally in this like it does in the tomorrow war thank you nano for a tomorrow oh, wow. war reference oh, no <laughs> i appreciate that i haven't that. seen it yet tim oh i mean you know this that's not a spoiler that's just how time works but <laughs> uh so it's believed bing bong was actually a monster that riley loved so that's kind of fun think about oh, that oh yeah. i like that i like that a lot uh loved so, so much wait, in fact that her imagination eventually kept him around as an imaginary friend he might still be alive out there somewhere Bing bong? Uh, the real bing, bing bong. bong yeah yes but mm. but yeah so that's it's kind of a fun thing that made me feel uh, better and that's pretty Thank much you, it Mano. there's also some connection to carl and carl and ellie since their wedding photo appears in a memory ball but that doesn't have nearly as much weight as the other easter eggs uh, and information because there's not much context to that but hey i gotta give a shout out this is the first time in a while the pixar theory i'm like huh? that actually connects that adds up some fun easter eggs especially so. with how silly bing bong looks makes yes. sense you know exactly exactly so shout out to that and then now it's time for a little bit of that ragu baggy which is gonna do, be do, interesting do, 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 do. Ragu. Do, 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 do. ragu what's up everybody welcome to rad guys talk bad guys here for pixar in review uh here's how the list stands right now at number one we got lots of uh from toy story three number two prospector and al from toy story two uh, New Swatter and Randall from Monsters, Inc. are three. Four is Hopper from Ants. Five is Ercole Visconti from Luca. Uh, six is Syndrome from Incredibles. Seven is Months and the Dogs from Up, uh, Ego, and Skinner coming out at eight for Ratatouille. Number nine, Darla and the Barracuda and everyone else from Finding Nemo. Uh, number 10, Woody and Sid from Toy Story 1. Number 11, Gabby, Toy Story 4. Number 12, Hard Scrabble, Hard Squabble. Hard, well, it says Hard Scrabble. I can't remember his name. And the Roars from uh, Monsters U. Number 13 is Otto from Wally. Number 4 is Mordu and the Witch uh, from Brave. Number 15 is Chick and Hubris from Cars. And 16 is Axelrod and the Lemons from Cars 2. Man, I don't even know. Where do we want to rank sadness? I, I honestly don't think it's sadness. I don't think there is a Bagu in this. And I think that this is the first time ever I would I'd vote. We put an N slash A. I no, okay. I do think it was Joy. Like Joy's definitely like I know that she's acting from a good place, but her actions are the real reason that anything happens here. I'd like, say it's San Francisco. Honestly, <clears throat> we can put San Francisco. Can you, can you, <laughs> all right, you're hurting people's feelings. Just happy, cool. Greg's not here to hear this. Okay, <laughs> he loves. San uh, but no, what I'm saying is Joy is the catalyst why this all happens. Like. Like sadness was supposed to start touching stuff and getting those emotions to become complex emotions, but it was joy trying to keep everything the way it was. I don't. I, I think she should be on the list and really low, very close to the bottom. I would say as a happy compromise, we'll put joy and San Francisco at number seventeen for Inside Out with an asterisk. <laughs> As an asterisk. As an asterisk. Okay. I like that. Okay. 
I don't know what the asterisk means, Andy. But I don't know. Either. But it's, there. <laughs> but it's fucking there. Yeah. I don't know either. There you are, and that's how it is. Brad guys about talk bad. We just talked bad guys, Andy. We just talked them. Love it. Talk. Now it is time to rank the Pixar movies. Kevin, can you please bring them up? Currently, number one, we have Up. Number two, Monsters Inc. Number three, Finding Nemo. Number four, The Incredibles. Number five, Wally. Number six, Toy Story three. Number seven, Toy Story two. Number eight, Toy Story four. Number nine, Toy Story. Number ten, Luca. Number eleven, Ratatouille. Number twelve, Monsters University. Number thirteen, Cars. Number fourteen, A Bug's Life. Number fifteen, Brave. And number sixteen, Cars two. I'm going to start it with Joey's vote. She says, "My gut tells me to rank this 14." because I'd much rather rewatch Ratatouille, Monsters U, Cars, Bugs Life over this, but I've settled on ranking it number 10. Mm. So that would be above Luca, below Toy Story 1. I, uh, if, if I may. Go ahead. Kevin has the floor. Personally, that's, uh, that's probably where I'd put it to. Okay. Okay, floor is taken back. <laughs> Kevin has the floor. <laughs> Andy? Um, this is one of those that is tough for me. Because um, I'm often... I'm always the person that says I'd rather watch the movie with fun characters and really fun dialogue um, that maybe isn't so story-rich as opposed to the movie that I found a bit less entertaining but has a lot of substance there. Um, this one's just so hard because I don't think this movie is as entertaining as Monsters University or as Cars or as A Bug's Life. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's more entertaining than those movies, but the core of it, the story, the themes, all of it is so strong, and it's so mm-hmm. hard to kind of like, what am I gonna put higher on the pedestal here? Am I gonna put the characters and dialogue that I love so much over the 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 actual like what the story's trying to say and what the what Pixar's trying to say right here. Um this one's really, really tough for me. Cause I could either go above Toy Story Four or I would go below a bug's life. <laughs> and I just I don't know right now. It's so fucking tough for me. It's really, really tough. Um below a bug's life. That's yeah, just because I'd ra- again, just like Joey said, I'd rather yeah. rewatch a Bug's Life. What, like, Honestly, now that you it's see not as it. strong of a story at all, but the the characters and the dialogue and the funny moments are what bring you back um, sure. to a Bug's Life. So, man, this is fucking tough. Um, I feel like now that you've said it, I'm gonna, like, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this above Toy Story Four at number eight. Nick, I would put this. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, I hear everything Andy's saying, and I think as far as an enjoyment, re- like an enjoyable, rewatchable movie, this does not. This misses the mark. Having said that, as a good movie, I think this is is, is deserves to be way higher up on the list. I think this is a beautifully made film, and I think it's. Um, I think it just what they were going for was less of a movie that was supposed to be rewatched, more impactful, and I think they nailed that hundred percent. I would almost put this above Wally. I think just for the sheer, the sheer kind of um, sort of, not, I don't want to say creative, but, but just for how good the movie kind of is and for, and for the deep way they're dealing with emotions and how they get that across. I think that's a pretty huge accomplishment. 
Um, but I think that Toy Story, I don't know. The Toy Stories do that a little bit as well. So uh, they're not really doing with much. I don't know. Uh, shit, Tim. Ah, this is a tough one. It is. It is. Maybe. Maybe just to keep it all. Kind be of brave and break apart the Toy Stories. Be brave. Are like we finally me. breaking apart? The toy- no, I mean, if we're going to rank, I would rank it above Toy Stories. I would rank it at number f- five. That's my, that might be where I put it. Above Wally. Fucking I mean, as always and with this list. A- Sorry, Tim. I was going to say that has the, the double, the added advantage of pissing off um, Andy. That's my <laughs> God damn it. As always with this Pixar list, I mean, we're just talking about legitimately some of the best movies of all time. So it's like it gets complicated ranking it and comparing them. And Pixar's list, I think, has been more uh, torn apart because of all of our differing opinions than any list we've ever had. So the list doesn't represent any of our personal thoughts. So it gets hard because I I don't think I would put this above any of the Toy Stories, Uh, but or at least... Uh, most of the Toy Stories, I, I would put it above four, but um, and probably two. I, I'm looking at this though, and honestly, I can see an argument. I can make an argument for number one, number two, number three, and it's going to be one of those that I'd, I'd be voting for. Obviously, I'm being outvoted on that. I just think that this movie is such an accomplishment for being more than just a Pixar movie, and that's not talking shit about Pixar movies, just a Pixar movie is one of the greatest compliments you can give something. But I, I love that they really tried to do something different and not just go back to a formula. And I love that the accomplishment that I see in this movie is the how much of an oxymoron it all is and how much the sadness and joy being the crux of it all uh, is the the heart of this film. And I love how it takes complex things and makes them simple. It takes simple things and makes them complex. And it does all that stuff, I think, flawlessly. And uh, there's so many memorable moments. It makes me feel so many emotions, whether it's laughter, whether it's, uh, you know, crying, whether it's all this stuff they, they really kind of did, they were doing. So with that, I'd go number two. Wow. I'd go number two wow. with, with my vote there. Wow. We scare because we care. All right, uh, so... <laughs> Let's let's do the the official voting because I got a little lost with where everyone's at. I think we need uh, to start below a bug's life right now and see. And that's where that was the lowest possible vote, right? Who thinks it's better than a bug's life? Raise your hand. Everybody. Who thinks it's better than cars? Everybody. Who thinks it's better than Monsters University? Everybody. Better than Ratatouille? Everybody. Where did Joey have it? Number 10. Okay. Better than Luca. Everybody. <laughs> uh, except for Joey. Joey. Better than Toy Story 1. Kevin drops out. Better than Toy Story 4. No, Andy's going to get what he wants. He's going to break up the, the big Toy Story block. <laughs> Better than Toy Story 2. Better than Toy Story 3. Oh. So it's the new number six. So we didn't break up the Toy Story block. <laughs> Wait. Oh, no, no. He doesn't think it's better than Toy Story 3. It's number seven. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay, 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 okay. Cool, cool, cool. And I didn't think I'd ever live to see this. And honestly, guys, wow, that's crazy. Like <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> that block's been the core staple block of this list for 17 years. Yeah. Know, so 17, <laughs> 17 whole fucking years. Uh, we're going to return later this next week with The Good Dinosaur and then Finding Dory. To continue this Pixar in review situation. Very exciting stuff. Thank you all for joining us. Joey will return with us next time. Let us know in the comments below how crazy you think all of us are, because I'm sure there's someone out there that no. thinks it about each and every one of us. So that's yep. fun. Uh, but until then, love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>